good morning to all thank you for joining us as we continue our webinar series of impact the COVID-19 pandemic across different sectors of the real estate industry today we focus on the hospitality industry and we hope to impact some turnkey solution and best practices for uh, managing hotels during market crisis. My name is Fausto Liviano and I will be co-hosting today this webinar with my colleague Raymond Velasquez. Good morning everyone. Thank you Fausto. Since the hospitality industry is a huge topic, we will be tackling this discussion in several parts. Today in the first part, we're honored to have distinguished guests with extensive experience in the hospitality industry. Our first guest is Mr. Stanley Law, General Manager of Dusitani, Manila, who will provide his insights from the hotel operator's point of view. And, uh, and we also have our colleague who heads our hospitality and leisure real estate, Mr. Tim Hallett. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. Yeah, so without a doubt, the tourism and hospitality industry has been among the hardest hit by this ongoing pandemic. And some sectors like resorts, for instance, have some total standstill. Tim, my first question's for you. Could you give us a, an overview on the extent of the effect of this pandemic uh, in the industry and uh, eco economy up to now? Yeah, thank you, Raymond, and uh, good morning to everybody. And uh, it's a pleasure to speak to everybody and share some very impactful views on the hospitality sector in the Philippines. Now, we feel that the, the overall academic seems to be a, a turning point in terms of the spread as we speak, but it's really difficult to know what the final impact will be on our economies. At this stage, the tangible impact on the hotels is, is tremendous. I mean, it's a significant drop in booking pace, increased cancellation, Pretty much every event has been cancelled and, uh, you know, it's going to soon lead to other pressures as well. You know, the, the, the inbound traffic from airlines um, right through to sort of, you know, capital pressures from banks and financing. So it's a, it's a big challenge. Most hotels are closed, uh, only allowing long-stay guests that were in residence um, on or around the March the 17th deadline um, who are allowed to continue. Um, so it's challenging. If we look at the broader Asia issues, um, you know, we know, uh, as like the Philippines, everybody's running in single digit or, or lower occupancies. And um, the, the, the crisis is, is, is really a big challenge to everybody. You know, in the Philippines, you know, tourism was in reality one of the bright stars of the Philippine economy. Yeah? Uh, development growth and investment in new destinations, airports, hotels was at the highest levels. And, and you know, we are seeing we were seeing so many new developments coming. Tourism contribution to the GDP was again a, a, a massive number, you know, potentially in 2019 reaching 3 trillion pesos, um, of which over 500 billion was coming from international tourists, which again um, was, was, was funding the growth of, of, of our business. Yeah? If we look at the people, you know, which is a significant factor in the industry, more than 6 million people of the employed population in the Philippines are actually employed in, in, in the hospitality industry. Excuse of the millions of casual workers that work on uh, daily support and contract service workers in the industry. Again, um, 
contributed a significant undisclosed impact on the economy. Smaller resorts have closed, uh, branded hotels while remaining open, um, working single digit occupancies, and um, we're below break even points even. The longer we go on, the more impact it's gonna have on the, the funding of the developers and the owners of these properties. Knock-on effects are also enormous, guys. You know, the airline industry, the F&B industries are also being heavily impactful. So today um, will be good and we can look at some of the issues and we can maybe determine how, you know, as a team, um, as an industry, we can all work together to help and uh, transition our way out of the, uh, the crisis. Thank you, Raymond, and thank you all. And let's have a good discussion. Thank you, Tim. That's interesting. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Raymond. So the first question will go here to Stanley from me. Stanley, what is the current state of business in your hotel and in the local market? Uh, good morning, uh, Fausto. Good morning, Raymond. And uh, good morning, uh, team. Yeah, pleasure to be here with everybody. So as our team has said, it is a very challenging time for many of us in the hotels industry. Team have also shared that hotels are running single occupancy. Yeah. So in Dusitani, Manila, we are located in uh, Makati city center. So we are, we are slightly better than a single digit because the, the Department of Tourism have uh, certain regulations. You can take the business in uh, two kilometers uh, radius for essential industries. And uh, we have a lot of uh, BPO, business uh, processing outsource uh, operators over here. So hence our occupancy is at 20 to 25%, yeah, slightly better than others at single digit. We're only providing uh, packed meals for the in-house guests and doing uh, some food delivery to survive the situations. All the restaurants, the facilities are closed. The hotel are uh, only generating very minimal uh, revenue from the occupied rooms and from the packed meals or delivery that they have. We closed out the hotels also on uh, last week yeah, because we also in view of, uh, we, we, we focus on the safety measurement, which we have to ensure because right now we have a very uh, skeletal workforce to, to do that. And um, majority of the guests, uh, as Kim uh, have mentioned, is long stay guests. And uh, they are employees working with the BPOs uh, in the two kilometer radius uh, from the hotel. Thank you, Stanley. And Stanley, at Ducid, what key initiative have you taken to mitigate business loss? And what profit or revenue protection plans have been introduced? Well, uh, this is a, a very important uh, point that everybody will look at, yeah. Because uh, everybody has a lot of uh, initiative uh, to, to, to mitigate uh, all the losses that we have because it's a losses uh, situation right now. But one thing very important that uh, we have done over here, immediately after the, out, I mean, the, the, the situation of COVID-19 uh, and uh, enhanced quarantine or quarantine in different uh, region have been announced. We look at our cash flow. So we, uh, we know the, the forecast of our business with the current BPO. We, we look at the forecast and uh, the, the minimal revenue that we generated. And then we see how long this cash flow can allow us to stretch to survive this period. On top of this uh, current scenario, we also consider another scenario. 
the worst case uh, scenario. So we put on another uh, projection, if the hotel uh, have to shut down entirely, how long this cash flow will help us to survive. Protection plan for profit and uh, revenue as uh, Fausto shared. We don't have any profit. Yeah? We only can uh, mitigate losses that we have. So just one thing to stretch the survival period as long as possible. And uh, because we do not know how long this situation will last. Cost containment is a really standard operating procedures are key during these times. Stanley, uh, can you share with our audience any specific plans you have implemented so far? Yeah, so that, that is uh, quite, quite a lot of uh, details, but I just want to uh, put in some very, uh, uh, very uh, important points, a big ticket, so we can look at that. So uh, as we know, in the, uh, in the highest cost in hotel operation is labor and utilities. Hence, we put a lot of effort, which later I will go through about this. And then we look at uh, the break-even point Tim have uh, briefly mentioned just now. Yeah. Uh, example on uh, reducing the cost of occupied rooms, cut all the non-essential expenses, yeah, such as like decoration in a lobby, lobby scenting. In this period of time, it do not add value anymore. And after this, we move on to uh, various uh, service contracts. So we have a list of service contracts to look at uh, what is the things that we can uh, eliminate yeah, to stretch the survival uh, period. So let me come back to uh, labor and uh, utility. Okay, in labor, so of course we have no casual, as Tim mentioned, yeah, we, we cut the casual also. We only utilize our full-time employee and we become very detailed in the productivity of the current full-time employee. Uh, this is no, no longer a business as usual kind of uh, productivity evaluations. Yeah, it's not like how many rooms and how many staff how many guests in a restaurant, how many stuff. It's not that formula anymore. So I give some examples. Yeah. In a guest room, we clean twice a day because we want to reduce the, the, context, of the, uh, the contact of the room attendant with the guests. Yeah. With occupancy of 20 to 25% for 490 rooms hotel like Dusitani Manila. We only need four room attendants to do that. Okay. So another example like, uh, in the food and beverage, because the staff is only serving packed meals, we no longer operate the restaurant. The shift of the staff, no longer the business as usual kind of shift. You do a shift from 2 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning because they are only uh, preparing breakfast for the in-house uh, guests. Yeah. And another very creative example yeah, that I want to brought up, like for example, a gardener. They're, normally, they will, uh, they will just do a gardener job, but now they have to do a landscaping only until in the afternoon. And that, the gardener, of course, you must hold a professional motorbike license. The gardener will be the one to do the food delivery from noon onwards until the evening. Yeah, that's the kind of productivity, productivity we, we, we talk about. So, other full-time uh, employees who cannot report to work because of the... Uh, there's no transportations now. They are clearing on a vacation leave. Yeah. Of course, the example that I shared about the gardener, the food and beverage, and the room attendant, that is only possible right now because as you know, uh, all the hotel staff are mandated to stay in a hotel according to the Department of Tourism regulation. 
So some roles can be also done in uh, working from home. The words WFH become very popular. But I must also uh, share that uh, we must be very specific in the task that uh, certain employee is doing the WFH at home. Yeah, and those duration of the time that they've taken to uh, complete each task, from then only we accumulate the number of hours and we award a full paid uh, working from home pay, whereby the others will be considered a credit to the vacations uh, leave. So the period of uh, this quarantine have extended much longer. A lot of them will be running out of the vacation leave. For Dusitani Manila, we give a subsidy uh, kind of unpaid leave to ensure that even in an uh, unpaid leave uh, period, all employees still get a minimum kind of pay, at least 40% that normally what they get. So that's on labels. I move to utilities. Uh, aside from labor, as I mentioned early on, utilities is also another high ticket uh, cost area. So let's look at the big ticket item. For example, uh, the operation hours of the boiler. Yeah, you need to be very specific. The reduction of the walk-in freezer in all the restaurants yeah, and areas that we have. The walk-in chiller as well. Shut down as many freezers and chillers that you, uh, we do have. Aircon chiller temperature. You have to understand what time the guests wake up, what time they go to work. Because right now, you're serving a group of BPOs. They work at, uh, in the midnight. So you need to optimize the hours that needed and minimize hours that do not meet. Yeah. Lower number of guest leave, of course, with the numbers of occupancy, which is mass, uh, much lower. These are the big tickets uh, item. Um, about break-even. So team talked about break-even. So for, for men... Now, as we know, most of the guests are long stay in the, uh, uh, their BPO. We have to change the break-even point. I talk about room amenities. We replace uh, guest amenities with much more practical long-stay amenities. Yeah. And uh, the miniatures, uh, bathroom amenities, dental kits are all no longer practical. And also the bottled water. We give a refill area for everybody to come down and pick up their water. Those are the big items that, that we talk about in cost containment. Thank you, Stanley. I'm sure our audience for today will pick up a lot from, from how you're, you're addressing this situation. Um, Tim, just, just a thought. Now, as we emerge in this crisis, what strategic actions uh, should hotel developers consider in the future? And uh, how do you think the hotel brands and operators align to this support to support these strategies of developers? Yeah, thank you, Stanley. And you know, I think Raymond and and listener, uh, listeners, Stanley has, has really highlighted a lot of very very good strategic points. But you know, we try to look at this as a positive effect and and how we can evolve opportunities to create platforms for our recovery, and how do we grow in the future? You know, at the end of the day. Uh, from every crisis, we firmly believe that opportunities arise. And I think that's very important. We all need to keep in, keep in our mind. Yes, the industries will be changed. The industry will be changing. Yes, we will probably do things differently for a significant length of time. But the most important thing is, is that um, whatever strategic plans now, whether you're a small operator or a, a major uh, a brand, international brand, um, like Stanley has, has explained uh, from Doucet, you know, Developing the plan, the rollout plan, and how we move ahead today is critically important. We shouldn't just allow things to just roll over 
and happen because they need to happen. So best practices, planning ahead is going to be really, really key to us all. Whether it be um, in revenue management, the financing, knee-jerk reactions can cause problems. We need to think about how we manage the revenue, we drive business into the hotels uh, in a very strategic way. Um, the way that we communicate, um, the way that we communicate the crisis, whether we how we manage crisis, how we communicate with our guests, how we communicate with our staff, how the, the staff communicate with, the, uh, with our guests is going to be absolutely critical moving ahead. Stanley also mentioned, you know, the guest needs. Um, how are we going to deal um, with the guest experience today in terms of the rooms, the amenities that are required, the cleanliness of the rooms, you know? Um, employees, the key driver in the hospitality industry is going to be um, our, our employees. They have more interaction with the guests and the management, you know? The old adage is, is, is um, your, 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 your porter, the, the guy that, or the gal that delivers your luggage to the room spends more time with a guest than, than, than probably any senior member of the team. It's important that we channel down all of these things to our people. Effective communications, training, cross-training, as Stanley mentioned, all of these will be fundamental again. I mean, they are very strong in the hospitality industry, but we will relearn those processes. Cost containment, managing costs, developing those strategic plans, critically important. Um, profit protection plans, how are we going to manage all this within our annualized budgets? How are we going to work together with the industry and the team to achieve this? From a corporate perspective, um, for both the small operators and the larger developers, dealing with the corporate funding, the financing of the property, cash flow management, your debt, um, um, loans, if that's required, or how you're going to generate alternative forms of revenue um, to, to mitigate any downturn in occupancy. Um, you know, really, uh, many, many things that, that, that we need to do as an industry. In terms of operators, what the big brands are doing, I think you've seen, you know, just today what Stanley is, is, is telling us that they're doing there. Everyone is doing the same. Um, we've seen multiple hotel closures in those areas uh, where there's crisis. Um, the good news is we're seeing in China today, some of those beginning to reopen and we're beginning to see a small emergence of growth, which is really, really good. But operators are very well strategically positioned um, to be able to manage this through their, their, their very, very large networks and their presence in these markets. But equal concern, if not more concern, goes to the smaller owners and operators that that really, really uh, live on a day-to-day -day basis and, and run passion-based businesses in hospitality. We need to work hand-in-hand, -hand, whether you're a big operator, whether you're a capital player, whether you're a bank institution, with these smaller developers um, and hotel owners to help them and handhold them through the crisis. Thank you, Dean. Hotel associates are a key part of this industry, Stanley. What measures have you taken to maintain associate engagement and what safeguard measures have you initiated? Yes, uh, Fausto, you are absolutely right. Yeah. The, the associates now play a vital role in uh, this surviving period. Also, team have shared with us, you know, the, the, the associates, the staff, the, uh, the portal, 
that is a person that uh, communicate much more than uh, the management. So, but we have to understand also the employee mindset is uh, is different compared to us as uh, as owners as managers. Big figures we we spoken a lot about uh, cost containment. We talk about cash flow. You know that is very hard to draw the attentions of the employees. So of course employees now you know, they report to work under stress and uh, stress and uh, fear. They look at uh, Facebook. They look at uh, the news of the cases is increasing. So the employee can easily misinterpret that the managements only care about generating revenue and uh, they are exposed to a kind of a not safe working environment with the case of uh, COVID-19 uh, spreading. So engagement is really important. So being present is, uh, is a must to lift up the spirit of the employee. So executive like, uh, like me, like the other executive members and uh, department heads, yeah, we are in the hotel uh, canteen to have breakfast together with the staff nowadays because most of the staff they're staying in house, yeah, they go for breakfast. So we want to be there uh, with them for breakfast. And uh, of course, we're going around the back of the house. No longer you check on the sales. There's no sales and marketing department. You check on the front desk. There's only two people in the front desk for the whole day. So we go to the back of the house, you go to the, the gardener quarter, you go to the housekeeping uh, office that they do a daily briefing, you go to the laundry department. Yeah. Um, you see the frontliners, how they, how they do their daily duties. We ask them what, can, uh, what, what is the things that we can uh, do to make them feel safer working in the current situations. Then you will get so much of ideas from them. Yeah. Some gesture also touch the people's heart. For example, uh, we carry uh, alcohol sanitizer. Nowadays, we joke about you drink more alcohol in your hand than your kidney. You know? So you carry the alcohol sanitizer, you spray on their hand, you know, and then call each of them by name because in the normal days, we say we have hundreds of employees. It's hard to know your portal name, your armed security. You know, you hard to know their name. But now, there are a few of them. You should address the gardener by name. You should address the cleaner in the washroom by name. You, know, you should uh, address the armed security by name because now they become porter and armed security. You know? So in our hotel, the executive also uh, take turns to do some uh, serving of lunch and as I say, breakfast as well. We also give away oranges now to boost the vitamin C, which is very important for them. We also give uh, vitamin C tablets for the staff who is on shift as well. Yeah. So as employers staying in-house, we also created a makeshift uh, laundry area for them to make sure their, their clothes are washed every time. We even purchase our toiletries for them so they do not need to bother about other things and just being focused in the duties that they are doing. Um, from my office, I do a weekly memorandum to update the situation to them. So to eliminate any people that are, you know, to get uh, fake news or to, to get panicked without necessary, we get a memo to update them the situation. We also shared some achievement we have done weeks by weeks, yeah, on the changes that we have. So those will improve the, the employees' uh, trust in working in such an environment. To safeguard the, the employees, yeah, we provide a nutritious meal. They are not only delicious, we look at all the packed meals we have. Yeah. 
We make sure that it is nutritious for them. We give uh, frontliners with full protective gears. They have goggles, they have masks, they have gloves if they go into the guest room. We also remind them what is a don't in a COVID-19 situation every single time they're in the briefing. So those are the things that we, we've done to the staff. Those are really interesting things. Uh, I'm sure your staff are really, really happy, Sandy. Um, how about for the guests? Uh, are, what are the initiatives that, that we're doing to maintain guest experience? Yeah, as Tim mentioned, guest experience, that's how we, we are hoteliers over here. Yeah, but guest experience also in this period of time changed. Yeah, it became it no longer the, the scenting in your lobby, it's no longer uh, the speed of your porter yeah, or the quality of your limousine. Safety is number one right now than anything else. Yeah. So we have implemented a lot of uh, strict, uh, strict uh, measures. Yeah. I'll share some of those. Uh, no mask, no entry. So we've done it a week ago. Yeah. And then uh, we put a lot of emphasis on uh, social distancing. So all of the service area, such like the receptions area, the breakfast pickup area, the smoking zone, yeah, we have a floor marker to guide our guests' uh, social distance. The guest leave also, uh, we, we, uh, we implement only four persons a guest leave in any time. Temperature check. So temperature check on top of the entrance. We also check in multiple locations of the hotels, including ourselves. So every time you walk from one section to another section, you've got temperature check as well. Yeah. We implement a lot of uh, uh, no social gathering implementation. So the guests from one room to their long stay, they cannot visit another guest rooms right now. Okay. We also uh, ban out, uh, outside alcohol to bring to the hotel by this long stay guests because that will initiate a small gathering in the guest room, which we totally want to eliminate. Yeah. So we provide multi-purpose sanitizer in the room so they can clean uh, the room surface, which are not normal in a normal situation. We promote a lot of awareness, up-to-date news in the lobby with the TVs uh, to have updated things over there. So uh, we also make sure all the guest rooms now that we uh, sell come with complimentary breakfast because we want them to have nutritious meal, these BPO employees. Yeah, there's nothing more important that, uh, than being healthy right now. We give them still an option of Asian, local or Western food. Yeah, of course, fresh fruits and yogurts. Yeah, so that's how we implement uh, and maintain guest experience. Thank you, Stanley. I would like to pose a final question to Stanley. Clearly, the crisis will not last forever. If you have crystal ball, what changes do you envision in the hotel or hospitality industry in the future? Well, uh, we don't know you know how long the situation will be, yeah, but we know that there will be an end in every crisis, yeah. So we are very focused in order to survive this unprecedented uh, COVID nineteen uh, crisis. So for a hotel, if I have a crystal ball, the nearest example I could refer for COVID-19 is SARS in uh, 2003. Personally, I, was, uh, I have an experience in that. I was in Singapore in 2003. I was with the 800 rooms uh, a luxury corporate hotel in the city center of Singapore. The occupancy was in single digit for about two months, if I recall. 
But after the crisis over, the demand spiked far above any recovery I, I ever seen. So this is like a reset button, the COVID-19 situation right now. So uh, when the reset button start on, the, the recovery spiked up. So of course, with outstanding result, new hotel concept or brand will be all unveiled yeah, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in that time. So that goes to also the new trend and great opportunity is awaiting for the industry again after the reset button. Thank you, Stanley. I mean, there's certainly very helpful and best practices insights shared by our guests. Um, team, in a broad term, uh, as we emerge into this new normal of this hospitality industry, would you like to highlight some final takeaways for us? Thank you, Ray. Um, as we move ahead, we've heard some very interesting um, initiatives. Um, but, you know, um, as an industry, we've just, or as a country, we've just heard that community quarantine is going to be extended until April the 30th. Um, so um, that's going to give us um, more challenges to, to, to uh, unravel and, and, until we reach an end to this. We cannot predict how long the final uh, end will be. Um, but, um, you know, we're certainly seeing some positive signs of recovery uh, around the world and the quarantine areas uh, um, um, initiative certainly are working very, very well. We've seen this in China particularly, whereas even in the hospitality industry, there are positive signs that um, travel is beginning to resume in a controlled fashion. Hotel occupancy is beginning to grow again as domestic uh, travel for business and leisure is, is beginning to come together. So this is really, really critical um, to us. Um, we sincerely hope that we, we will see more uh, government initiatives, tax breaks, incentive uh, to cushion the losses, um, both from a, a, a corporate perspective, from a human uh, capital, um, human resources perspective. So we can all together, hand in hand, withstand the, the longer crisis. You know? But more, more importantly and finally, we encourage you all, everybody in the industry, to face this head on, not hide from the situation, and we encourage everybody to develop foresight, planning, and developing a, a business adaptation plan, which can see you through not just today, not just to April of 30th, but through to the future and how we will run our business and how and what changes we will need to make uh, to continue uh, sustainability and growth. Um, and certainly that's one of our initiatives from um, our hospitality practice here at uh, NAI Philippines. Um, we really are looking at working hand in hand with owners, operators, developers to help them plan and um, execute um, strategies to, um, to take us through and to take us out um, and into these uh, areas of opportunities we see in the future. So lots of challenges, but lots of opportunity and remain positive guys and uh, we will prevail and we will be successful again. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Pasa, you want to say some uh, few words? Well, I just uh, like to thank you, Stanley and Tim, for the time, for the time, and of course for sharing those insights with us. And of course, to those who are joining us, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, for those who, for those of you who have questions, uh, our guests here, please send us an email. Uh, by responding to our webinar invitation you received.
in behalf of Pausto, Team Stanley, and uh, all of us from NAIRCL, we thank you all and remember to check the succeeding parts of this hospitality webinar series. We hope to see you again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay healthy, stay safe, be strong. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you.